We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's the True Faith Newcastle United podcast. Newcastle won at Burnley by two goals to one on the final day of this, the most wonderful Premier League season. Newcastle ended up 11th in the league table, 49 points, only seven points from Europe, yet 14 points clear of relegation. The transformation was complete. Me, Sai and Ben were all at Burnley to enjoy a fantastic day. Uh, I would say in the sunshine, it was a little bit sunny. It was humid and warm, but not sunny. It was uh, cloudy and a little bit miserable, matching the mood of the home fans. And we're going to talk through the game uh, and kind of what went on and particularly some of the players uh, and, and look back at the season as a whole. We do have a full season review coming out this Thursday on this platform. Uh, we also have a live end-of-season podcast. That podcast will be available for patrons who pay £6.60 a month for lots of these podcasts. It's also live tomorrow night at the stand in Newcastle. Come down. It's me, uh, George Colkin, Mark Douglas, uh, and Craig Hope. Uh, we're going to talk through the season. We're going to do our own season review ourselves at the stand tomorrow night. Tickets are £15. There's still tickets left. Well over 100 tickets sold, though, which is fantastic. So we'll see you all then. Sai, uh, nice day yesterday, wasn't it? Yeah, it was all right, wasn't it? <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, I, I, it's a long time since I've been so, uh, well, I, I don't even know, not comfortable, but like just, just going to an away game purely for enjoyment. The result didn't really matter, but knowing you're going to get a good performance and probably are going to get a result, you know, so you travel all the way there without that kind of fear, that kind of almost opposite of anticipation, as we have done for so many years. Um, under Bruce, under McLaren, under, you know, even sooner. So me and you first started going, um, we didn't get to go to many away games where you were confident of the win. It just, it doesn't, that hasn't happened in our lifetime, but this one was, was that exactly. Um, just going with absolutely no fear of any, anything other than Newcastle putting in a, a shift and, and winning the game, which we did. Um, so as a day out class, it was one of the, the, the most enjoyable ways to spend the last, last game of the season. Um, and yeah, no, it didn't disappoint, did it? The crowd was brilliant. You know, we had we had only maybe was it two thousand or just over two thousand in the away end. Everyone in fine voice. Uh, you could tell, um, even for a Sunday game, the amount of people in the tent buying pints five minutes before kickoff and trying to chin them just before they get get up for kickoff was uh, was something else. And yeah, uh, everything about it. End of season. Well, just just on that, you you and Mickey, the notable exceptions, who got to the front <laughs> of the queue. And then proceeded to just jump around singing tune songs for ten minutes while you literally <laughs> I watched about thirty people get saved before years. Uh, so I didn't get my pint before the game. Cheers, lads. 
That was a good day, wasn't it? You didn't need another pint, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I was just I was just literally melting in that tent. It was ridiculously hot. What a ridiculous idea to stick a tent up for football fans who right. it's, it's already off. a warm day and then literally like a, 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 a well, I don't know, like another I mean, yeah, basically just hoid loads of people inside. It was ridiculous. If there's a team that needs relegating until they sort out their away end, it's 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 Burnley. To be fair, that concourse <laughs> would not have handled the, the tent. Was a good idea in the sense that the saw is coming. If they hadn't had that tent, there would have just been no chance of people getting a drink. And even the tent wasn't wasn't sufficient. And it was just cans of Strongbow and cans of Carling being poured manually into into cups by the order. So they weren't even like didn't have, even have lads filling up cups to be ready. So every order took like five minutes. So I think things to work on before he's get promoted again, Bernie. I, I, um, I did. I did see most of the pints being walked past. Literally, we're like half foam as well. So they. God, this is uh, this is some serious like Burnley away and pint analysis. I didn't think this podcast would go in this direction, <laughs> but here we are. Anything's possible at Newcastle United these days. Um, you know, Burnley have got bigger problems. They got sixty-two million pounds supposedly payback, but you know how we sort your away end out in case we get in the cup or something like that. Um, I wasn't planning to share this anecdote, but just just how, you know, I don't know how uh, these people at these football clubs come to the conclusions that they do, but I tried to get uh, a bottle of water before the game started, and um, the, the lady, the, I wasn't in the tent, obviously, I was at a normal kiosk in the away end, and the lady said, uh, I, have to, I have to give you the bottle of water in a plastic glass. And I went, oh, can I take me plastic glass to my seat? They're like, no. It's like, even water's not safe in Burnley. They're like, <laughs> you can't be trusted with water, um, which I thought was fairly ridiculous. But anyway, we won. Burnley went down. Burnley's fans were were pretty well behaved as it goes. Um, you know, there's always one or two kickoffs uh, and this kind of thing. But I thought, in general, the, the tone of Burnley took being relegated uh, at a home game, much better than the City of Newcastle upon Tyne would have if it ever happened. Not that it ever will ever again, because we're absolutely class. Ben, uh, you had a good day. I know you had a good day because I was with you for it, and Newcastle won. Uh, any feelings from you about kind of contrasting that day to previous away games, or just like how did you feel at full time? This kind of like transformation that we've seen this season that we're going to have to talk about so much. It's almost hard for me to put into words the change of stood in the away and at Wolves like I was pre-takeover to put in the uh, in the away and at, um, at Burnley yesterday. So if I can't put it into words, I'm going to pass the book on to you. Can you try it, mate? Um, I mean, it was interesting. You you said after the after I think on the the, the post uh, pod we did yesterday in the on, on the way home, you, you said you're kind of ready for a break. Complete opposite. Like I, I, I'm gutted the season's finished now, and I cannot wait for for next season. Um, I'm gutted there's not even like an international tournament because uh, the bloody corrupt buggers <laughs> over at uh, FIFA. But uh, anyway. Um, Allegedly. Like, yeah, I, I just, yeah, <laughs> I just, I just want, want, want more football, just want more anyhow, just inject it in my veins, please, lads, like, it's been absolutely class, uh, the, the last couple of months has just completely um, reinvented what being Newcastle United supporter is, hasn't it, I mean, everyone's ridiculously enthusiastic now, um, and just, I, I, I just want more of it, I'm just really, really excited for, for what the, the dealings are going to be, obviously, there's a lot of chat in terms of how much resources will, will be available, and kind of the comings and goings of players but um it's it's just like that this is what we've kind of been dreaming about for years um and and now we've got it i just can't get enough of it and it's it's unbelievable and yeah i'm I'm just gutted that we've, we've got to wait so long now to see the lads go out and do another another job because um i thought the performance yesterday was just brilliant like i mean we, we talked about it but I'll, I'll briefly just touch on it again i mean <laughs> everything was kind of stacked against us for the occasion 
And yet we went in there and just kind of took everything else, tried. Everybody had a really good game. I mean, we even had a bit of adversity with Joe Linton going down so early. And I kind of think I said to you at the time, this this will be an interesting one to see what how it does here because Joe Linton's kind of like the enforcer um, in the team, kind of the one that can get stuck in and especially the type of game I was expecting from Burnley. I thought they would probably give us a bit more of a kick in and kind of make it a bit more physical. Um, but we were just too good for them and um, that obviously <laughs> gifted a ridiculous penalty, but then uh, had numerous chances. And I mean, obviously Maxi puts puts one on the plate for Wilson and um, we just we just looked really good. And uh, obviously there was a, a couple of opportunities at the end for Burnley, but I never felt like that we were going to lose that game. I, I still felt even if they had got another one, we were creating so much on the counter and, and going the other way. If we needed to, I think we we, we probably would have got another. So um, it's just a, a ridiculously stark contrast to to what we've been used to watching you for years, where um, you you went away from games like you would have been happy to take a point. Whereas now it's um, I, I fully expect us to go and win a lot more games away from home. Yeah, I like I like your um, description of reinventing what it is to support Newcastle United because yeah. The amount of awareness I've been in over the years where because we're a bit rubbish, because it's all very tense, it gets it can get quite nasty. You've got you know, people, you know, griefing players on the pitch and then other people in the stands say, no, you cannot say that, man. And then there's people bickering about who's playing well and who isn't. Not, not a jot of that yesterday, was there? There's a, like a whole one support, all in unison, all happy, all buzzing, all supporting everyone in those players. There's was, was no, no arguments to be had about anything, which is in itself something i've not witnessed for for years you know even under under rafa even even in good years there was still that kind of bickering there was there's certain players that people didn't didn't fancy or did and you just don't get them out every every one of the 11 everyone buzzes for them everyone who comes off the bench everyone buzzes for them everyone who comes like dwight gale comes and warms up regularly everyone's buzzing he gets songs sung to him and he, he doesn't even get on the pitch like it's 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 a very different time and it's, <laughs> i cannot i cannot stop smiling because it was such a good day yeah, and I contrast that to the, the first away game of the season at Aston Villa and Newcastle have been shite, particularly away from home, for a long, long time. In fact, the whole time I've supported them, like I said uh, earlier, uh, the age we are, our first uh, kind of opportunities to go away from home, really, as, as teenagers, um, was under Graham Souness. Uh, we were shite then, until very recently, we were very bad too. We got booed off by the away end at Aston Villa, man. Like Very rarely does the away end <laughs> boo. We got booed off. That's how shit we were. And then the manager comes out at full time and says, that was great. You know, (laughs) compare that to yesterday, which was just, I I would call it a party, but it was almost like, I'll put this to you, lads. It was almost like the the old saying used to go, and and, and most Newcastle fans would agree, that you'd have a great day following Newcastle away from home with your mates, with good people, good like-minded people, all having a good time in another city or another town. And then, and then you didn't really think about the football much, and then you went to the match, and it was shite, and then you had a good time afterwards. It wasn't totally different yesterday in respect of like we didn't even think about the match before it started. Like such as the confidence that we have that the team will at least be competitive and do their job. I think it was the same at Norwich as well, although none of us were there. Norman was there from True Faith. Lots of other people I know were there. It was just like a, there's like a calm across the support heading into the ground and like you're not obsessing about the team or who's going to start where it's just like whoever he picks that's the best team because uh, he's a class manager and you everyone who plays will do well and and I think you know we, we were what a few drinks before the game in Leeds and we were you know talking about four or five nails and stuff like that but that you know there was an acceptance yesterday that Newcastle would score I think from Burnley as well almost 
and that would also defend well. And 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 we might talk a little bit about the game in a bit, but Newcastle dominated that game yesterday until the last ten or fifteen, um, and and then it, then it then it didn't then it wasn't really a game of football. It was just kind of a shit the bed from Burnley. We're going to throw everything we've got at you, and it might go terribly wrong, and it might work a bit, and it did work a little bit for them. But while it was a game of football. You know, I've seen a lot of criticism for the way Burnley played. I don't, I don't know what Burnley could have done differently because when Newcastle are playing like they are, with the players that they have and the manager that they have and the confidence through the team and the confidence that the fans have, I don't know what teams like Burnley and Norwich, not of other teams in the Premier League, but particularly those teams who are at the bottom of the league, I don't know what those teams could can do to try and affect the game. And that's a comforting thought to me because much will be talked about, you know, for next season. A lot by us as well as we continue on Patreon through the summer. We're going to keep putting out. Uh, these three podcasts, hopefully once a week through the the entirety of the off season. Um, but it, the the most promising thing about uh, next season, apart from hopefully the investment in the summer, it's that if I take you up to the end of last season, what a fantastic end to last season! And that was we talked about it a lot. Can, can was last season a genuine? Uh, sorry, the end of last season. What was it? Uh, you know, the club practically Charlie had this tattooed on his face. I think like five wins in nine at the end of last season. Um, you know, was that an actual change in in this side progressing and being a good side, or did they get a couple of fluky wins when they had to against some bad teams in lockdown football? And then you started this season and you were like, "Oh no, we are still shite." In fact, we're probably worse. Whereas Newcastle are so good right now, so confident, and there's such a clear like system in place and plan in place, and every player knows their responsibility. I don't see how this this team can get worse next season. They might not get as better as quickly as we'd like, and it's up for discussion, but I don't think they're going to get worse. And they're the fourth best team in the league since January. So it, it was it was a really good day for that reason. Um you know I wouldn't I wouldn't put there's one of my favourites ever. But I quite I quite like the fact it was so mundane almost. It was like we're gonna turn up, we're gonna win. Everything's on you lads. This is your atmosphere. This is your day and we're just going to turn up and do what we do. We're going to win, and I'd say we'll see you next season, but we won't. <laughs> it's. I think um, what what yesterday demonstrated to me was that we should never have been in a in a dogfight with ease in, in terms of relegation. That just even before the transfers, even before Bruno, even before Trippier, where so like this is Burnley. It should never have been. We shouldn't have been classing them as like our, our nearest rivals in this league. We're, we're so much better than like so far apart from them. Um, I mean. In terms of you're right, the last twenty minutes got a bit scrappy. But what did what did Burnley do? They hoid on a thirty five year old Aaron Lennon for like the last twenty and just just played with direct like huh. that's shite. <laughs> they're so, they're just nowhere when, near as good as us. When Aaron Lennon came on, the stadium went nuts, and I was like, "Fucking hell, he's popular." <laughs> How doesn't he get a game? But uh, now looking back, Brentford had scored. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. that was what the cheer was for. It's Aaron. just it's just um, it was it was kind of good to see that you know what we're not even not even in the same ballpark as these. And it really felt like that. Cause like, as Ben said, it was such a dominant display, such a comfortable display. And it, it always felt like if we needed to, we could go and score another goal. Um, as it, as it happened, we didn't, you know, we got the two in a lead and then just saw out the game quite comfortably. And we're able to even give some, uh, testimonial type minutes to, <laughs> to certain fan favorites. So yeah, um, I just, it was, it was quite enjoyable seeing how, how quickly we've kind of reminded the world that the, the even the existing players before the new lads came in are, are, are just a cut above a side like Burnley and none of the Burnley t- players. Maybe Corne, maybe, but none of the other Burnley players will get anywhere near our team. It, for me, it's it's really interesting that you've you've got a player like. So I mean, we just just to kind of go back to what you were saying before, Dottie, and how last season the the big question was, right? Will Willock's been on fire? He's basically kept us up, fired us to staying up. Um, but he'd been playing on the bench and it was like 
how what what his role going to be, and is he kind of the the one to come in? And it, it was realistically it was the only real signing we made last season. Um, obviously we we made a permanent over the summer. It was what impact can he have on this team? And obviously we saw it was very little. Even when he was starting games, he just didn't look the same player. And it was clear, clear and obvious what what had kind of, as you said, to answer the question, it, it was a bit fluke probably. Um, certainly wasn't down to any kind of tactical masterclass or any kind of brilliant um, sort of ch- changes within the team from the, the management staff. I think for for me the big thing is is it just it would have been really interesting. I I, I mean I'm I'm not sort of hesitating what that obviously we've got now, but. Thank God he came when he did, but it would have been interesting to see what Eddie Howe would have would have been like for the last two years with with this squad of players because you saw straight away in the first games, okay, we were shipping a lot of goals and that was kind of the the concern I think for a lot of people and that was kind of one of the things that was probably uh, marked against Eddie from from his Bournemouth days was can he really set up a defence? But you, you have to say like he's answered every question. That was put to him any kind of doubt he's put to bed because he's now <laughs> probably got a well he's got a, i was going to say he's got a tune he's got a bloody album out of this this back four that he's put together <laughs> um and they, they'd look like a, a, a top top defense and uh, as you say side that it's not okay people say and it was i was hearing it from billy francis no you bought the league you bought you bought survival or whatever but i mean Burnley could have got any of these players that we've got playing at the back. Dan Burnley, 13 million. Like Burnley could have easily spent money and gone and got him. It's not a massive outlay in this day and age. Matty Target on loan. Like, it's not as if he's gone out and and kind of bought like <laughs> players that were obviously going to work. He's done his detail and, and kind of worked out how he's obviously watched Newcastle and understood what our weaknesses were and went out and addressed those on a budget, basically. And I mean, bloody hell, he's he's smashed out of the park. I mean, Matty Target's value has probably gone up about 20 million because of how good he's been at Newcastle, even though he was um, obviously second choice at Villa. But uh, you, you've just got to give so much credit that he's got so much out of what we've got. And that's the biggest the biggest credit I can give him is that he's he's turned pretty much every single player around and that the players that were here last year that finished the season and now we're all considering them as part of the future going forward. Whereas I think if you'd have asked us last year, we probably could have said like 10, 10 to 15 of the players in the squad probably need moving on because they're just not up to it. Whereas he's come in and actually got them playing a certain style. And and and, and again, kind of you, you said, what could Burnley done? Not a lot because we've, we've <laughs> every player knows their role now. They're all playing to their strengths. They all complement each other really well. Um, and I, I, it'll be really interesting to see what he what he decides to add to this to kind of make it because he said it in his interview afterwards. His challenge now is keeping that camaraderie, the keeping this sort of the, the feel good um, sort of nature about this team going. Um, and you don't want to like unbalance that with kind of bringing in difficult characters, or whatever. But um, it's it's a hell of a kind of a, a blueprint to start with in terms of this squad. It'll be really interesting to see what little tweaks he, he decides to make in the summer. Definitely. We're going to talk about some of that squad uh, and the performance yesterday uh, after these adverts. You can get this podcast without the adverts by joining us on Patreon, £6.60 per month. We're going all summer, as we always do. You're going to get six to eight extra Newcastle United podcasts per week as we look ahead to next season and also reflect on this season back after these. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, part two of the show, we're going to start with Callum Wilson. I think uh, last week after the Arsenal game, we talked about Callum Wilson. But how can you not talk about the man? So good is he for Newcastle United. Eight goals he's finished with. 18 appearances, eight goals, nearly one every other game. And uh, and I think 16 of those 18 appearances, Newcastle were in the relegation zone. So to get eight goals, is uh, it's quite incredible. And if you look at the importance of the goals as well, that goal at home against Burnley was just that, you know, that was the that and leads away the must win games of the season. I, I don't even want to think because I don't have to think because we're class now. What would have happened if we didn't win those games? We probably would have been fine because of all the things we've said about Eddie Howe and the players. But you know, Callum Wilson, lads, uh, Ben, I come to you first, mate. Um, there is a little bit of a discussion. We talked about this in the post match show immediately after the game yesterday on Patreon that everyone loves Callum Wilson. I've, I've never met any Castle fan who doesn't think Callum Wilson is absolutely. Like absolutely class, he's brilliant. He almost feels like a top six player. And if he if he didn't get injured all the time, he would be playing for a top six club. You know, do you think? Do you think these last two games, Ben, have, have shifted the mood a little inside the club even? Because I think a lot of whilst a lot of fans have appreciated what Callum Wilson brings, if you're only going to get eighteen to twenty games out of him, it's very very difficult to build a team around him. And a lot of fans are saying a striker is the number one priority. Because of that, whereas do you think the last couple of games actually, Eddie Howe, the owners are thinking, you know what, if we can, if we can, if we can do some work to get Callum Wilson to 25, 28 games next season, he's worth being our number one because he's so good. Even if you're going to miss him for ten to twelve games, I mean, it, uh, for for me, he's it, it just shows. I mean, the, the Arsenal game for me was the big one because that's that that was obviously the game. Um, where we, we probably were a bit unsure how how we we're going to do. Obviously, they're a, they they are a better team than us at, at this state. Well, supposedly the, the league table says they are, <laughs> um, and we like he he made a massive massive impact on that on our team from minute one in that game. He made them uncomfortable. Um, he, he he was just very very difficult to play against. And as you say, um, he, he is a top. He looks like a top six striker. I mean, his, his goals record is. Is 20, um, 20 and forty four like basically a one and two um, goal goal scoring record is ridiculous. Um, so for for me like I, okay the injuries is, is something we need to work out. I think they probably need to look into why what they've been happening. But I'm confident um, that they they can kind of figure that out and manage them better um, and and get a tune a, a better kind of 
game ratio out of him. Um, and if we do that, he's he's so good because he, he just he, he can do everything. He's, he's good in the air for kind of a player that's not a natural target man, but he's got the pace and, and skill and, and he's a brilliant finisher. So, um, yeah, I, I, for me, I, I would be saying he's he's our guy there to back and, and build around. I think what was really, really important to note after... Obviously, the Arsenal game, he was excellent. He should have scored. He should have scored a couple of goals. If he'd scored that one from 40 yards, the, the, the Newcastle would have exploded. Um, the the way in which Howe and, and the team have brought him back into the side, and he's been immediately brilliant. He wasn't rushed back in. He didn't have three or four games where he looked really rusty. As soon as he was playing, he was match fit. Like They've handled that injury and that return from injury so well. And I can probably say the same for Trippier. He wasn't rushed back. And yes, all right, we'd, we'd got ourselves to safety. We might have been taking more risks if we'd still needed points from these games. But the fact that they've been able to manage it properly suggests that maybe there is a way that we can rely on Wilson and manage his injuries and not throw him into the team if he needs a week off and um, and, and and do that properly, whereas the, the previous manager just wasn't going to do that. And it, he would have rushed him back every time because his, his only answer was, well, Wilson's all right, I better put him in the team. So I think... Um, I think there's probably is a way to use him, a way to, to. I think we still need another striker. As much as Chris Wood has done a job, I, I, we're not going to kick on up the league if it's Wilson and Chris Wood when um, when Wilson's not available. So we do need more options, but we're probably not looking necessarily for a number one. We're looking for someone, uh, an understudy to Wilson or someone who can do the same kind of job. Um, whilst we manage who he's for his position, probably the best player we've got when he's fit. And it's, it's worth persevering, in my opinion, just based on these last two performances because he can be so effective and so good. And if uh, the, all the chat about transfer budgets are to be believed or if any of it's to be believed or even if we just have to manage expectations there, then maybe we can look at the other positions first before spending the whole budget on another centre-forward. Well, 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 look who's changed change sides but for anyone that wants to hear more of that go back get get on a page and listen to his comments yesterday but uh, <laughs> yeah I mean the, the big one for me I mean you spot on side in terms of we I mean there was talk of him potentially coming back against Palace I think which was like three three or four weeks ago and I think that is the difference like you you, you know he would have been rushed back under most managers but but Eddie had trust in what he had in the game plan he had and and you ultimately to get the best out of Wilson and and it's worked it's 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 worked because he's come in and it has basically facilitated that win against Arsenal. Okay, he didn't score, but he he basically created havoc in their team and, and loads of issues. And then he scored the two goals against Burnley. So uh, that it's it's that player management is for me how I think Eddie will get more out of him. So um, for me, I'd, I'm massively would be back and I don't think that's like the number one concern for this team in the summer. Fair enough. Uh, you know, I think that Wilson is absolutely brilliant. And, like, you know, his, his second goal yesterday, it's actually a really good finish. From the away end, it just looked like a dead easy cross and a dead easy finish. Like, basically, you, you, you couldn't mess the cross up and also you couldn't not score. And then you watch the replay with a better angle on TV. And actually, it's great work by ASM. It's a fantastic ball, perfectly timed, perfectly weighted. And it's a neat, really nice finish from Wilson because Nick Pope is absolutely massive and he doesn't have a chance. That's what I like about Wilson. You know, he didn't score every chance. We saw that against Arsenal, but but he but he does score. He will get one eventually. Quick one in his penalty technique. Like you, c- you can't knock the bloke because he scores. <laughs> but for, like Jesus Christ, it makes me nervous. Like like he's he's a big one for put just just sending the keeper the wrong way, isn't it? Like he's the, Shearer. This is not the kind of smash in the top corner unsavable. They're very savable, but uh, but no one really saves them, so it's okay. 
Um, <laughs> uh, we'll see how that develops next season. Um, you know, yesterday I'm trying to think of other players. Just big, big shout out to Dan Byrne. There's, I don't think there was ever an accusation because of how good Newcastle have been that Newcastle would take yesterday easy. I, I just don't even think it was like a conversation. Whereas a lot of teams in mid table at this type of year, you're thinking like Burnley, realistically, you said to Burnley uh, at the start of the season, even or, or certainly when they were kind of cut adrift a little bit before the sack Daesh, will give you a mid table Premier League team at home on the final day to think, yes, please. It, it almost doesn't get better than that. But it almost it had the worst possible possible opponent, I think, because of everything that Newcastle have done in their form and the manager. Dan Byrne played like played that game yesterday, like he was like he was personally responsible for for Burnley going down. He was a man possessed. He won everything in the air. He won everything on the floor. He was absolutely brilliant. I absolutely love the bloke. He was fantastic. Marty Target had a really, really strong game. Martin Dubravka stood up to everything. He was a lot, particularly at the end of the game, there was a lot of balls going in the box. His handling was superb yesterday. I love the fact that there were so many strong performances in this game, this game which meant nothing. This game which meant everything to Burnley, nothing to us yet. It's Newcastle players who are who I'm so enthused about. But I want to talk to you, as I'll start with you, Si, in this one about Sean Longstaff, potentially his last game in black and white. Normally, if a player hasn't signed the contract by this point, they're away. There's just no way that they're staying. Um, you know, he's quite lucky, I think. I think because John Joe Shelby and Joe Willock's injury injuries probably mean he's had these last two games. Now, and mm. there's always a chance that um, Eddie Howe and Jason Tindall and the club, they know Sean Longstaff, they know what he can and can't do. Two games might make no difference, but he's probably had two. I think Man United at home. Leeds away, maybe Watford away. He had good games in all of them, but the last two, Arsenal and now yesterday, was two best or better performances of the season. What do you, what do you think is going to happen, Cy with Longstaff, and what do you want to happen? It's 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 entirely up to him because I can understand where he's coming from. I've actually got a bit of admiration for his desire not to sign a contract to probably play ten games a season. Because that's that's why he'd, be, he'd still be fifth choice, um, even even off the back of these last two forms. If Shelby's fit, if Willock's fit, he is fifth choice midfielder. And you know, if you play three centre mids most games, you need five decent midfielders who would, would still need that fifth choice. Or be we might go out and sign another one. Who knows? Um, but we'll have to get some off the book. You know, he's ahead of Hayden. You know, that that's a, yeah. a non-starter for me. But um, yeah, I, I can understand that the dilemma for him because he's twenty-four now, twenty-four, twenty-five. He kind of needs regular football now. If he's, if he's got ambitions of maybe he's ever getting to the England squad or or just being a an established Premier League player, he needs to play more football. And it's a tough one for him. Does he? Do, he probably make more money by going to be a regular at a, at a bottom half team. Um, but equally, he, he has got something to offer. He definitely has. He, he can improve. He has improved already. Albeit he's had to improve back to where he was two years ago. But so is most of this squad. So. I I would like him to sign a contract, even just give it another year, see if he can make himself a place in this squad. Albeit he won't be a first first choice, he's not going to be a starting eleven every week. But I think he's got something to offer, and I think the fact that he's he's local and he's got that passion and he's he's got other other players running like Dan Byrne and Paul Dummett for some reason has a contract. Like <laughs> he's, he's he's part of that contingent that are are local to this club, and I think I think that could work. But it, I totally understand why he might think at this stage in his career it might be time to move for his for his progress. But yeah, I also think surely he wants to be part of this in whatever, whatever small way, but it is a gamble because he might not get a sniff if, if Shelby Willock, Bruno, and let's say another, and Joe Linton 
are all performing brilliantly, he's not going to get many chances, and that's what he's got to weigh up. So, tough one. I would like to see him in a Newcastle shirt because um, I think he's got something to offer, but I can understand why he might he might end up somewhere else. Yeah, it's uh, it, it it is a tough one. I, I hope he stays. I, I I think I said my player ratings for the True Faith website. It, it it'll be a shame if he goes, but not a tragedy. Like, I don't think it necessarily changes the trajectory of Newcastle on. However, um, if he signs a contract, he can still go and play for another Premier League club eventually. Like I, I almost yeah. think I, I, get, I get it, and that's what that's what we've read through the media that he wants to leave to play more football. But like, how is Sean? Like, look at what happens. Like, look at the football club. Like, I think Eddie Howe is the kind of manager that if you if you get in the team and you play well, like you'll stay in the team. And the last two performances um, are. The, like you said, Sai, they were very kind of reminiscent of those performances uh, in season 18-19 when he looked like one of the best young players in the country. His ability to move the ball quickly, pick a pass, kind of uh, be an all-action midfielder, but very composed on the ball. Uh, you've seen that again. And if we could, if he could continue to improve to that point, that there is a conversation next season that he's ahead of Joe Willock if he can provide a similar rule to John Joe Shelby. So I hope he stays. If he stays and he doesn't get many games next season he can hire a transfer question and leave and then the club can get some money from he'll get a pay rise again because I assume he's going to get a pay rise the contract they've offered him I agree with you maybe he's fifth choice even if you're sixth choice um, you know John Joe Shelby is kind of injury prone Joe Willock's had his fair share of injuries this season and last season when he played for Arsenal um, Bruno's a, you know like he's not human so he's going to play every single game uh, forget about that one you know play him, <laughs> play him one leg if I could um, Joe Linton, like from the away and yesterday when he went down and they're bringing the stretcher out, I was like, is this is this the uh, the first ever footballer to break his leg and still just be like chanting to the referee casually throughout? <laughs> but, but it turns out he just had he just had like a deep gash where you could see the bone in his leg, so it was absolutely out. So yes, I don't think he starts for Newcastle, but I think I think Newcastle are on the verge of doing something special. And if I was him, and I'm not him, uh, I think I would maybe trade. The, you know, another year of training and improving under Eddie Howe and being part of what we see at the football club uh, for the, you know the chance of more games for like I live in that Bournemouth or someone like because realistically, I think there was rumours of Everton, so there could be that. But Everton are shite, dude. They yeah. are Everton are shite. Like Newcastle aren't shite. Ben, I was just going to say. I mean, the, the big thing for me is is if he just has to look around the squad. Like literally, Eddie has that the trajectory for for players is is only going up under Eddie Eddie Howe and. Uh, kind of to, to Sai's point, I think it would even be worth just sticking around for another year, even if he does want to, if he wants more game time. I, I, I kind of genuinely feel that he's going to get more out of a year under Eddie Howe than he would under most other Premier League managers just because that he, he's going to improve them in every facet. Um, I mean, and and also the way that we're played, like it's it's a very demanding type of, of, of play that, that Eddie demands on the players. They have to do a lot of running, especially that midfield. Um, the the two either kind of the the two, I suppose sort of box to box midfielders that we kind of seem to be playing with, like it's 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 a lot of wear and tear on the body. So again, you're going to get opportunities to play. We've we've seen it this season. Like everyone's been involved quite a bit, and we've had the conversations around what our best team is. Is it changes every week because someone gets injured, someone else comes in, and they're brilliant and they know what they're doing and they look fantastic. And there's as to your point there, Dodzy, like there's nothing to stop. Shaw Longstaff coming in at some point and get gaining that shirt himself and then having to kind of wait so someone else having to wait in the wings for their opportunity. So there's there's definitely if if, if he's backs himself and, and thinks he belongs at this level, then there's there's nothing I, I I don't see 
Eddie being the type of person to kind of cast anyone out if if they've if they're shown willingness and they're showing improvement and things like that. So I think it's very much the balls in his court to prove that he he, he can play at this level and that he can do 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 what the manager asks. Um, but yeah, I mean, ultimately, I think there is things out of his control because the other players have been so good. Um, so it'll be interesting to see kind of if he does get an opportunity, he's he's going to have to be brilliant. But for, for me, if I was in his shoes, as you were saying before, I, I would probably stick it out another year just because I feel like this is going to be, he's still developing and this is going to be a massively important um, period in his development to kind of kick on and, and solidify himself as a Premier League player. Because as you say, 18 months ago, he, he was kind of being pegged as, as kind of a, a potential England star. I mean, there was talks of him going to Man U and things like that. I mean, I don't know how true it was, but that's kind of gone away. But he's now got a chance to kind of re reinvent that and, and and also learn to play new things. I mean, I think he's been very much used as kind of a holding midfielder um, previously, whereas he might be asked to get forward and maybe contribute more goals into his game and things like that, playing a more advanced role. So um, I think it, for me, I, I think he would get more out of another year under Eddie Howe than, than anyone else. Yep, let's talk about one more player quickly. Jamal Lascelles played yesterday, captain the team. Uh, I, I was shocked to see him on the pitch. I hadn't even, when the team came out, I didn't even look at this, the, the defence because we all just know what Newcastle's best team is once Trippier was in there. Uh, but obviously, Fabian Shaw didn't play a train much through the week because of the concussion protocol. Lascelles, can he game for him? Seven out of ten, did fine, still shits himself with the ball, but I don't think that's ever going to change. Um, ben, just really quick, and him, do you think it's his last game for Newcastle, that one? It's an interesting one, isn't it? I, I don't think it is. I don't think it is. Um, I, I thought he, he played, he defended brilliantly. Like there was a few points where Bournemouth kind of got him in a one-on-one situation, and and there was this one particular point I think where um, I can't remember who it was, but they tried to play like a, a ball across, and there was like two players basically queuing up to to potentially get get a shot of goal, and he, he managed to put a block in, and he, he was just really really solid. And I think. If you've got better players around him, then his reliance on being a footballer probably kind of diminishes a bit. I mean, you look at Bruno was like available pretty much all the time yesterday. So if you've got players like that around, you probably don't need to worry. I don't think you need to kind of be too concerned about how good he is on the ball. So as players, better players come in and, and kind of we um, we, we get better. And, and also the fact that, again, Eddie will make him better and, and kind of help him to improve. Um for for me, he's, he's he's it's not again it's not a position where I would say we we need to get rid of him. I mean he he he's obviously a good character around the place, um, and he's solid for a well he's he's the club captain is my point. Say um, he's uh, I, I think he's there's, there's probably a role in him there again to be kind of fifth six. I don't know where else like he goes to be honest to get like more game time. So I, I think he probably just stay. That was his level, Burnley. A bad Burnley side with no real attacking threat because we're nicked their best striker. Is is Lascelles' level for a good game? Um, no, like he, he did all right. He did all right. He won quite a lot in the end. He is good at blocking. He's good in the, those kind of scrappy affairs. Put him up against really good players and he shits his pants and he looks awful and he, he's he's embarrassed. He's, it's almost like when you when the Luke Edwardses of this world try to claim that this is a a relegation team and a championship team. He's the kind of only part of it where that's kind of true. Because if you've got 11 players at LaSalle's quality, you're getting relegated. Um, I don't know. Maybe there's a place for him because he is such a good presence in the dressing room. But I'll be really worried if he's playing many games for us next season if we're trying to get in the top eight. Um, I think we do need to look at a centre-half. Maybe not necessarily moving on, but he needs to be down the pecking order. 
by another quality centre-half, certainly, and used sparingly in games against relegation rivals and, and cup matches eating, and stuff like that. Eating coming for the cup games, the rotation and stuff like that. Now, yeah. I, th- I think for me, I just don't know where he goes from Newcastle and gets a better Everton. gig. I think be Everyone's solid. going to Everton. Everyone. <laughs> for like 100 grand a week. Hayden. That's, that's the good rate, Everton, Si. <laughs> that's why they're fucked financially. Um, yeah, Lascelles has been a great servant for Newcastle. Uh, you know, if he's fifth, I would say fifth choice centre back, but I assume Paul Dummett's both fifth choice centre back and third choice left back next season. I like, I could be wrong, but I think that's why he's been signed. Um, the, the one thing I say about Lascelles, and I respect him uh, as a bloke, uh, as a captain, as a centre back as well, for much of the time he's played at Newcastle, he hasn't improved like. Uh, Emil Kraft's improved, like Fabian Scher's improved. Even Dan Burns improved on his Burnley form. His Burnley form was very good. Uh, but there's Brighton. no way of... Sorry, Brighton. Uh, too many Bs, not anymore. <laughs> no, but <laughs> I, there hasn't been that improvement. And it's like, if, if Lascelles is going to be your fourth-try centre-back, and to be fair to Lascelles and to the lads, they still play the ball to him on the floor. But other teams, like, no, we're really going to press. Jamal Lascelles, he's got the ball. You want your understudies to the, to the two main centre-backs, whoever they may be, come August to be able to play the same way that like everyone on the team should be able to play the same way. And I'm not sure you can do that with Lascelles. So I think he should probably be moved on. But if he's still here, he'll still give everything and he'll still be uh, respected and admired by the fan base, I think, as a whole. Um, until he slices one out of playing the East Stand and everyone will give him shit because that's how it works <laughs> in football. We'll finish the show, lads. This, you know, we do have a much broader end-of-season podcast uh, coming this week. Um, just a final word for Newcastle United this season. Yesterday, um, again, for Newcastle to win 2-1 on the final day of the season, like we said, and you know, take themselves and Eddie Howe uh, to 49 points, 13 wins in the Premier League, 15 defeats, which is only one more defeat than Leicester in 8th, West Ham in 7th. Uh, the future is really, really bright. Um, the takeover, the you know, you had the, you had the Steve Bruce saga, you had the takeover, you had Unai Emery, then Eddie Howe, then one win from 20 Premier League games. Honestly, to be sat here talking to everyone listening about a football club that has managed to finish in 11th place with 49 points, which I think is the like second best points total since 2006. It's just like extraordinary. I have to think of some words to articulate it before the end of season show and all the stuff we're doing on Patreon. But I don't know, lads. I just, I just feel so happy. It's just been, it's like I got asked by a journalist today for a piece, Martin Hardy, in the times to rate the season out of ten, a ten out of ten season for me. Like I don't know, I don't know how I could be sat here any happier within the realms of reality, within the realms of reason. You know, you could tell, oh yeah, I want to win the Champions League, I want to win the Premier League, but that was never ever going to happen. Whereas I would say Newcastle finishing in eleventh with forty nine points was never going to happen. But they've made the impossible possible. Ben, I don't know how you feel. Some some final words on that one, mate. Yeah, I, th- I think you, I mean you have to put it in the context of, of where we were in the. Just, just looking in isolation of what what Eddie's done, it's like it's the unthinkable. He's he's, he's pulled off something that nobody else has ever done. And um, again, as I said, there was there was a lot of doubt. Kind of, was he the right man to come in and do it? He's answered every single question that. So, I've I've just got uh, like utter faith in everything he does. He's he's won my back, and I'll never ever hear a bad word said against him ever again. Um, after what he's done and, and turned. Of all the fortunes of pretty much all the players, the fans, that the, the club around, that the job they've done is is unbelievable. Um, and I just, I mean, and to think this is just the start of it. Like, I, I can't wait to see where they can take us and kind of what um, level they can get to. And I know he's he's going to be a 
ambitious bloke. I think um, he 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 will be kind of working his ass off to get as, as far as he can. And um, I, I mean, if we could get into Europe next season, that would be unbelievable. I think that would be kind of the next step for me to to kind of solidify his his, his status. But um, I mean, what a first season! As as you say, I don't think you could have asked any more from 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 them coming in. Um, they, as I say, they've they've done kind of the unimaginable in in getting us to where we have, and uh, I just can't wait to see what else they can do. I think you said it right at the start of the show, Ben. I am as good at it as you are that the season has come to a close because it only feels like we've had half a season. Because what happened up until November, and you can even include include December because of how tough that run of fixtures was, and we didn't get much joy up until the Man U game, which was class, and we deserved to win it. But uh, before that, it was, it was it was tough viewing pretty much the whole way. Burnley Burnley scraped one nil win aside. I can't remember any of the other results being particularly enjoyable. Um, so yeah, our season started in January and finished in May. It doesn't feel long enough to enjoy what we've what we've been able to witness. So it, it's kind of a it's a it's a six out of ten season because it's a ten, but also averaged out by the zero or the one that it was before Christmas. Um, and I, I, you know, you just want this momentum to continue. I, I like the fact that it's a clean slate. We're not starting with a fourteen game with all the other teams having a fourteen game head start and whatever. But yeah, I, I just kind of want it to continue. It's going to be a it's going to be a sad few months with no, with no football. But that's that's it's the first time we've been able to say that in in living memory for me. I, I I disagree. I'm pleased the season's over because I want next season to start like tomorrow. I want next season with our new players, with our rest, with with a fresh league table to go at. Uh, we're podcasting on Patreon all summer, so it's not like we're going to take a break from doing this. But I just don't think my body can take more Newcastle United home or away fixtures at the minute. I'll die if like the season keeps going without giving myself a break. Like it's just so physically and emotionally exhausting um, winning. <laughs> Not used to it, like winning games, celebrating goals, dominating teams. Uh, I, I kind of feel like we all need a little break. And, and I reckon the players, and, and particularly the manager and, and, and the owners as well, like what an emotional season. Like if you think think back to Wolves away, what was Eddie Howe doing? And like now, he, you know, this guy's a workaholic. He works 12 hours a day. Um, they probably need a break as well, though. I'm pretty sure, that, I don't know if they'll take one because they'll be thinking about next season already. You know, pre-season starts on... July the 1st, but the transfer window opens June the 10th. Um, and yeah, just so grateful. Grateful for, for wins like yesterday, days like yesterday, and grateful for what we've had this season. Um, what a what a manager, what a club, what a season. We'll leave it there. Thanks, everybody, for listening this season. It's been an absolute pleasure, as always, to speak to you every single week. We're going to be speaking to you weekly throughout the summer as well. But since this is the last proper post-game show of the summer, thanks to all of my colleagues at True Faith uh, and you and you, Ben, and you, Sai, and everyone who listens. We're on Patreon for £6.60 a month. If you want to support us, uh, you want to keep listening to what we do, we'll be back with a proper, really long, probably, because they always are, end-of-season review this coming Thursday. We'll speak to you all then. Ta-da. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.